The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message. Well, it really is a privilege to be able to share from the Word tonight. When Cricket gave us this challenge to, to pick a woman of the Bible that God had really used to speak to our hearts, the woman who came to my heart right away was the woman with the issue of blood. And it's kind of a, a, a different story to choose as a woman that you that God had really um, met me through. But I, I have to tell you the beginning of the of this story for me before we before we dive into scripture. I was sitting at the end of my bed on the floor. So I was on the floor at the end of my bed um, crying out to Jesus. I was in pain physically. I was in pain emotionally. I was in pain relationally and felt like I had been in that place that the suffering just continued to increase. And I found myself just drawing in and tightening up. And I opened up my, my um, children's Bible, the beginner's Bible. <laughs> I love how he can take anything and speak to our hearts. And I opened it up to, um, to this story. Actually, I think now, as I, as I remember, I was reading this actually to my, to my son at that time, who was very little. Um, and it's the story of two miracles. And uh, as I saw the woman with the issue of blood here, I thought Jesus, I felt like Jesus whispered to my heart. This is, this is my promise to you that I will make you whole and I will bring healing. And then I will raise from the dead because remember it's two stories in one that are kind of in one. We've got the woman with the issue of blood right in the middle of a story of Jesus going to a man named Jairus to, and he winds up raising his daughter from the dead. She was sick, but then she died on the way. And I felt like Jesus said to my heart, I will make you whole. If you read, if you will reach out for the hem of my garment, I will make you whole and I will raise from the dead. Those things in your life and your relationships um, I will I will bring my resurrection life to those things that feel feel dead, and uh, it it wasn't instantaneous. It wasn't um. It wasn't anything that for me that happened overnight. But as I clung to the hem of his garment in new ways, I met him in new ways. His life became real to me in new ways, and he began to gradually unfold not only a new love story with him, but he as only he could so sweetly and tenderly and personally has begun and continues to bring his healing to every place in my heart where I have needed him. And he is raising those things that, that were dead. He is raising them in his resurrection life. So I praise him for that. We are going to read um, today. We're going to look at the story and we're just going to dive right in and we're going to read it from Mark five. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up your Bible to Mark 5. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And when she heard about, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Well, this, let's pray together, and then we'll dive right in and see what Jesus has to say to us. Father, thank you so much for this woman. Thank you for who you were to her. Thank you that she was not afraid of you. Thank you that you met her and her life was never the same. And Jesus, we're asking you for that same thing tonight. That just as you met me in a very low place um, and you came through a children's Bible to my heart, 
Jesus, we're asking you to come tonight to each woman. Some may feel like they're in a low place and some may have those that they love that are in low places. Would you come? And Jesus, we pray you would come so personally and so real. You, you just, you love us so much and you know, you know us by name. So Jesus, would you come very tenderly and very personally to each woman we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to go through this because it's a beautiful story. We're just going to work right through it. And then at the end, and just take some time to apply it to our, our own hearts and lives in um, the larger context, rather than just how Jesus has met me. We're going to really ask him to apply his word to our hearts as we get towards the end. But you, we see one of my favorite things about this story, and there will be many favorite things throughout the night, but is that this is a story within a story. Jesus, we see, is on his way. He has been he is on his way with Jairus to his Jairus's house in order to lay hands on Jairus's daughter and heal her. <clears throat> so Jesus goes and we see that there is a large crowd, no small crowd, a large crowd following and is pressing in all around him. So you can imagine like New York City on, on New Year's Eve, or you can imagine like um, the mall where you're all kind of crowded in to see like your, your, your loved one perform a little show, or you can imagine those parades where you've been just squeezed in where everybody's touching you and you're wandering. So that's wandering around. So that's what we've got here. We've got this large crowd and there was a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, if we could just stop and think about this for a minute, what, what um, most people say is that probably that she has was suffering with um, bleeding as part of her menstrual cycle for 12 years. So if we can just sit with that for a minute, as women, we understand that how she must have been feeling physically, she must have been exhausted. She didn't have the modern conveniences like we have, but 12 years of bleeding, 12 years of in that culture, um, being, being considered unclean, 12 years of no answers. We, we don't know how old she is, but we know that the next verse says she has suffered. She suffered not only from the, the bleeding, from, and the, um, you can imagine the emotional and the physical drain that would bring to her, but she had suffered under the care of many doctors. She'd spent all she had and she suffered not because it doesn't say anything about the meanness of the doctor. It says under the care of many doctors, but they didn't know how to help her. There was no help. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. And she had spent all that she had. And that was very much how I felt. <laughs> I thought as I tried, um, I just felt like I was growing worse in just in my conditions and in um, the what really the 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 biggest thing that surfaced for me was anxiety as things began to feel out of control and and just anxiety was huge for me and fear became um, more of a norm than I ever wanted it to be and and it felt like um, there was uh, and I loved Jesus but I felt like when he came and visited me through this story he's like Stephanie there's new hope um, don't get I felt like the fear was beginning to consume me and I had lost my way a bit in my relationship with him. Um, not that I didn't love him or trust him, but you know how the enemy works. <laughs> he just can get our eyes, anything to get our eyes off of Jesus. So I don't know if any of you feel like you have been in the same place or have loved ones that are in similar places where you just come to the end of yourself and, uh, and it feels like there's nowhere else to look or, or where do you go and everything that everybody else says to do doesn't really work and everything else becomes empty and, and futile. Relationships I was trusting in weren't panning out and, uh, and I'm grateful. <laughs> because when this woman heard about Jesus, when Jesus came to meet me in a fresh way, this woman came up behind him in a crowd so there was, what I love about her is there was determination in her. She got out of her house. She, she heard about Jesus. She knew that Jesus could heal the sick and she believed it. She believed him. And she came up, the scripture says, behind him in a crowd. So you can imagine 
what may have been going through her mind. We have no idea. But there was a determination in her to get to where Jesus was. <clears throat> so she had to do the old, excuse me, and shuffle around, excuse me. Maybe she didn't say a word, but she was sure working her way in to get as close as she could to Jesus. Why? Verse 28 says, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She believed. She believed that Jesus, if he could heal somebody else, then she believed that he could heal her. And that was the fresh hope of my heart. If Jesus could heal this woman, then he could heal me. And there's nothing too shameful to bring to Jesus. I mean, think of it. This woman, 12 years, what she was suffering with. There was some, I, there had to be shame involved, especially in that day and age when no doctor knew what to do or what was even the problem. But there's no shame. She, she was willing to push through, through the shame in order to get to Jesus, the one she knew could heal her. And there's such comfort in that for me, that there's nothing for us that we face day to day that is so shameful that it's too much for Jesus. We can, and, and that helped me because sometimes in Christian circles, fear and anxiety, there's shame around that. Like, you know, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> um, what do you mean you suffer with anxiety? Or what do you mean that like you're, you feel afraid and you can't get to sleep? What do you mean? Well, that's just where I was. And, and I, I don't, Jesus, like she didn't feel shame. She just got to Jesus. So, um, and then she knew that if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And there is a difference in her and in her story, because you'll remember some of the other people that we learned about, um, that we've learned about just maybe in our lives, people who have met Jesus and been healed. They maybe call like the blind beggars would call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. And then Jesus would go over and, and heal. Um, or Zacchaeus climbs the tree, right, to see Jesus. There was, there's um, every single one had a bold action to cry out to Jesus or, or to meet him. But what we see in this is that she doesn't use her words. She just positions her body close to Jesus. It's almost like, I don't know, but it's almost like she doesn't even want to bother him. He is on his way. Like it, all I have to do is touch his clothes and I'll be whole. I'll be healed. I won't have to suffer anymore. Um, it's beautiful. And it gave me fresh hope and it continues to give me fresh hope and belief in Jesus. Even as I was getting ready for this study, I felt him say to my heart, Steph, what are you not believing me for? Oh, wow. Um, because this woman heard about Jesus and believed. And I, I, have a list, I have a list, I won't show it to you, but it's quite long, of people, of relationships, of situations. And I thought, Jesus, forgive me. I have stopped believing, not completely, but I've let doubt or, or not really prayed or really kind of believed that Jesus, you could move into what feel like to me some pretty impossible situations that you're big enough. This was an impossible situation. This woman's life was an impossible situation. But, at, but as we see, she touches Jesus and is never the same. And so he really is challenging me, not only for my own life, but for the lives of those I love, for my family, for those that he's put in my, in my path and in my circle, where am I not believing him? And where does he want me to begin afresh to believe him? That, um, to believe him for fresh resurrection, new life. So I have my list and I am bringing it to Jesus. <laughs> and because she pursued, she touches the, the, his, um, his clothes and immediately her bleeding stops and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. I love that. Immediately, her bleeding stops. She is healed. She's healed. I wrote it in my notes like three times, really big. I couldn't believe it. He heals her. Jesus heals her. The bleeding stops. She feels in her body that she is free 
from her suffering. This passage spoke so deeply to my own heart as, as the anxiety and fear began to um, take their effects in my body, that I was beginning to kind of fall apart physically um, because, of, because of that fear. And so to know that this woman was freed from her suffering and she felt it in her body, I thought, Jesus, how precious that you would even have that written in scripture, <laughs> that special detail, maybe not just for me, but it felt, feels real personal just for me, that not only can he heal my emotions, which he can, not only can he heal my relationships, which he's doing, not only can he heal um, wounds from the past, which he is doing, he can heal all of that, he can heal my body, and all how all of that is connected together. The physical, but for, for some for some I know suffer and have physical, for me is kind of all connected. <laughs> the emotional, the psychological, the mental, the physical is all woven together. And geez, and there's a sense like, oh, I can be free from my suffering even in my body. Well, at once, verse 30 says, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Well, I don't actually know the tone of that, excuse me. Um, he may have been more like, who touched my clothes? I, we don't know the tone, but he is, he's asking the question. He knows that someone has touched his clothes and he's wondering who it is. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. I love this. Jesus pursues her. Now, we don't know, she doesn't know his intention at this part, at this point. But Jesus keeps looking around to see who touched him. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. Jesus looked for her. He wasn't content. Well, here's, before I say that, here's, here's what I want to say. Is that this story that we were reading now? is this, like I said earlier, is a story within a larger story. And this woman is not an interruption to Jesus. And you are not an interruption to Jesus. He looks for her. She doesn't know his intention. One of the things that I have suffered with is um, feeling condemnation. Like, oh, someone's gonna, I'm just gonna feel condemned for this. So I don't, that's kind of what I picture her as she comes. The woman knowing what happened to her came and fell at Jesus's feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. She didn't hide. She came and she fell at Jesus's feet and risked it all to make herself known to this one who knows her. And so I'm wondering for some of us tonight, if we're willing to make ourselves known he knows already, doesn't he? All that we suffer with. But do we see him looking for us? And maybe you see him like, like I have, have struggled with. Maybe you see him looking um, and fear his kind of fear condemnation. Fear being accused or yelled at or, um, you know, what are you doing? Why did you touch me? She didn't know. But when she came out from hiding and when she fell at his feet, even though she was trembling with fear, she told him the whole truth. She was really brave because she told him the whole truth. Remember, not it wasn't just a, to Jesus face to face. I mean, she told him the whole truth in front of a crowd. And she was somehow in that moment. I, you knew that she knew that he was the son of God. She was willing to tell him everything. The whole truth, not just part, but all the whole story. She falls at his feet. There's this act of worship. It may not be complete worship. Like she, we don't, she's falling at his feet and we don't know why. <laughs> There's a humility that we know that she is humble. And she's willing to humble herself before Jesus. And I wonder for some of us, I wonder um, for me, <laughs> there's sometimes a presumption like Jesus can you just like heal this and make this all go away like in terms of like I deserve better <laughs> don't you know like 
don't you know I deserve better than this? Shouldn't you, like, what is this? But we don't see that in her. We see a humility. We see her coming to him even, even when she's trembling with fear. And she's willing to tell him the whole story, the whole truth. I wonder for us too that God would give, that we would have that kind of humility before. And then he says to her something absolutely beautiful. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And while Jesus was still speaking, he hadn't even finished telling this woman the good news that she was, she was healed and could go. She, he's still speaking to her. And while he is still speaking, Jesus is pulled off to the rest of the story with Jairus and his daughter, whom he ultimately raises from the dead. But on his way to a really great miracle, <laughs> to perform a really great miracle with a lot of people pressing around him, he stops. He takes notice of one woman, one woman whose need is really great. But he stops and takes notice of her because she believed in him. And she was willing to reach out and touch him. And he's willing, and he says to her daughter, daughter. He calls her daughter. It is the only time in scripture that Jesus calls any woman daughter. We don't know why, but it's beautiful. And it's who she is. It's kind of a funny thing to have, um, Jesus calls someone daughter. We're not used to that. Usually we think of, um, we think of, usually we think of our heavenly father as, and us as daughters, but Jesus, for Jesus to call someone daughter. And yet, as you'll see here in Isaiah 9, 6, this is, this is the Isaiah, the prophet's word about Jesus. We see it for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So here we have that Jesus is referred to as, as everlasting father. We actually have a lot of the Trinity right here being described in, in Jesus. We have wonderful counselor who is, that's our, the Holy Spirit is our wonderful counselor. We have the mighty God that is um, everlasting father that we think of that is our father and prince of peace. And all of that in this moment, it seems to me that the, the, the entire Trinity is made alive in the person of Jesus as he says to her, daughter, daughter. Daughter in this situation, in this circumstance, he is not using it as a passing comment or a nice gesture, like sweetie, you know? <laughs> this is no sweetie, no honey, no, um, you know, kind of like you might use at a restaurant or people have called you, you know, on the phone or, you know, your friend. This is not like some kind of passing comment. It's the newly defined identity of her life. She needs not look elsewhere to meet her needs. Jesus knows she has suffered. He knows the years of her suffering. And he knows that she has nothing left, physically, financially, emotionally. And he is saying to her, you are my daughter. I see you. I know you. You don't have to look elsewhere. And she's here. And Jesus makes her whole. She was his daughter. So as I begin thinking of this, you know, there, the reality is um, just because you're a daughter doesn't, doesn't mean that there's an, an, uh, a sense of security. Where the sense of security comes in, is in who, who your father is. <laughs> so we see that you, I, I just thought for a minute now, who is Jesus? Who is he in this scripture? And who is he to this woman? 
um, he is in this passage we see, just in this little passage, we see that Jesus is available. He stops. He stops what he's doing. He is available. He is pursuing. He he works to find her. He doesn't, he's like, doesn't like, well, oh well, okay. I guess she doesn't want to make herself known. Let's get on our way. No, he wants to know her and she wants her to know him. Not just, it wasn't, he wasn't content with her just to be healed. <laughs> Can I say that again? He wasn't content with her just to be healed. He wanted to know her and he wanted her to know him and who she is in him. Jesus was attentive. When that woman fell at his feet and told her the whole story, he listened. He didn't interrupt. He didn't say, I already know. I got someplace else to go, baby. Let's get, let's, let's, you know, I get on up. Let's get this going. No, he listened to her tell the whole story. He cared. He called her daughter. <laughs> he cared. He listens. He's gentle. He's gentle in her suffering. He's good. He's her healer. And there's a sense in this that I, I, I can, it's not, it's not quite so clear, but I see him as her protector, courageous her. He doesn't move until she comes forward, until she comes out of the hiding and into the light of his presence. And when she does, there is a protection from the crowd. There is, um, there is, there is this sense of, of safety. He is, he is her protector in a way that he could not be if she had just touched him and then moved on. She would have missed that relationship with him. So that's just who I, I saw him as. You can go back and look at this yourself and see what characteristics of Jesus that he, he points out and that you see of him in this passage. And then who is she? Now that she is his daughter, what does that mean? <laughs> and who do we see that she is in this, in just in this passage, let alone the whole book, but just in this passage of scripture, we see that a daughter is wanted. She is, she is wanted in this. She, she belongs. She is a member of a loving family, the family of God. She's dependent on her father. Her healing could not have come from any other place she tried. And it is a loving dependence. It's not a controlling dependence. It is a loving, like leaning back in, he's got me, a loving dependence upon the father. She is cherished. You can, you can see it in, in his tone as he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. She is secure. She is securely attached to her father. She's seen. She's known. She's welcome and heard. She's cared and provided for. This is kind of a funny thing in thinking about Jesus, but I thought, what <laughs> really helped me. But Jesus, you're actually really good at what you do. Like you, you healed her. And that Jesus, we can, as his daughters, we can believe him to take good care of us, to provide for us well and efficiently. She believed him and, uh, and he healed her. So this is, this is, um, this is not only who this daughter is, and he is not just this to this woman. He is this to you and to me. He listens. He's available to you. He's pursuing you. He is attentive to you. He cares for you. He is gentle. He is good. He wants to feel and pretend if you and I will come out of the shadows. And if we will make our way and intentionally seek Jesus, 
if we will turn our face to him. And it's so nice, isn't it, that we don't have to get out of our house and push through a crowd. We just simply have to turn our face to Jesus. This is who he wants to be to you and me. And this is who we are. He wants us to know that we belong to him. He wants to make us a member of his loving family. He wants us to be trustingly dependent upon him. He wants us to know that we're cherished, secure in him, that we're seen and known and welcomed and heard and cared and provided for. He wants that kind of father-daughter relationship with us when it's healthy and whole so that we can be healthy and whole in him and in our relationship with him. Now, it's interesting. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. So as I was really thinking on that, Jesus, now, what is, what is faith? What does that mean? And what does it mean that her faith healed her? And her faith is in Jesus. He is her healer. Her faith and her belief was in the one whom she knew could make her whole. And she did everything that she could to reach out. All she probably could do <laughs> was reach out that weak hand and touch his clothes. But she believed that if she just touched his clothes, she would be healed. And she, she was. So what is faith? I love how we can just look at scripture to tell us what faith is. In Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Just yesterday, my, da I, my daughter and I played a little game. I, I found it actually just yesterday. It was so sweet that the Lord led me to it in um, a devotional book that I have. And um, I, I <laughs> did a little scavenger hunt with her. She's eight years old. I guess not a scavenger hunt, but more like a um, clue hunt. So I give her a little clue. And I, I told her, I said, if you are willing to go on this hunt with me, there is a little like a special treat at the end. I think I actually told her there'd be a little piece of chocolate at the end because I know she likes chocolate to go on this home with me she said well she didn't and I kept like a straight face so she wasn't real sure but she went and so I gave her the first clue and she opened up the fridge nope not there went to the next place oh not there I gave her the next clue she went to her bed not there I gave her the next clue and she just kept going clue after clue to the next place until finally it was in the place where that Laura Hershey kiss was. And she was so excited. <laughs> and she got that Hershey kiss. And I, and, and I said to her what this devotional said, which was, honey, that is faith, is that you trusted me to believe that there was something good for you at the end. And she said, well, mom, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know for sure when I started. And I said, that's okay. You had some doubts and you weren't quite sure but you still did it. You still went on the hunt. You could have said, nah, I don't believe you, mom, and just gone about playing, but you didn't. You got up from what you were doing and you went on the hunt with mommy. And now, and, and now you have your chocolate. <laughs> um, and so it's, I wish life was kind of that simple or faith was, was always felt that simple. It doesn't quite feel that simple sometimes, but I think it actually sometimes can be. This woman just said, Jesus can heal me. I'm going to reach out and touch him because I know if I touch him, he will heal my, my body and he will, and I will be free from his suffering. And she did. And he did. Where is he inviting you to put your faith? Where is maybe your faith that's in other places that is in Jesus? And he's saying, I'm inviting you today to put your faith in me, that only I can feel. Where are we um, putting our hope in what we can't see? Are we willing to see Jesus? It feels like a lot of twists and turns. It's like that little hunt. <laughs> but I trust we have something good at the end. And that's a simplistic version, but even in the midst of the 
he's got good all along the way, <laughs> not just in the end, because he, he, he comes with himself. Well, he says to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. She is made whole. She is, her body is now complete. She is healed. And I think that we can sit there for just a minute and say, Jesus is our healer. No one else, nothing else, be in healing. Now he says, and he, he says, well, let me tell you this. Yeah, he can use other things to heal us. He, not just himself, he can use, he can use other things and other people and medicine and um, counseling and all kinds of great things that have helped me personally along the way as well comes ultimately from him. He is our healer. He is for healer. And he says to her, daughter, your faith is healed you. Go in peace. And this understanding of peace for the Hebrews, which Jesus was, for um, the, the Jewish people, the sense of peace was a sense of wholeness and safety and completeness. It was an inward sense of fullness and safety. And then I found this interesting as I did a little more research. It communicates the presence of someone more than the absence of conflict. So that this kind of peace is not like just, oh, I'm not at war with my husband, or this kind of peace is not, I'm, I'm not fighting with my parents, or I'm not at peace you know, in my work. No, this is a complete and unbroken relationship with God. So you would, he says, go in peace. Go and be whole. Go in safety and completeness. Go because he's going, he's going now, she's going now in a new relationship with him, right? She's, she's daughter. He's father. She now has this beautiful, the only woman in all of scripture <laughs> to be the daughter of Jesus. She's his and she's old. And I believe Jesus wants to say it to you and me tonight. If you're willing. Grow in peace. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And this go in peace, I love it. Go, I can go in peace. And he says, peace and be freed from your suffering. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And in the moments, um, in the hike of kind of my suffering, <laughs> It took a lot for me to get to the store. It took a lot for me to relate to people. It took a lot for me to, to be in ministry to get to. So I can go in peace and be freed from suffering to go to the store in my relationships. I can go in peace to work. You and I can go in peace to ministry. I can go to bed in peace. I can sleep <laughs> because I am Jesus's daughter, healed, whole. And that is what he wants to offer you and me to you. That kind of healing, that kind of peace, that kind of peace and freedom from suffering that only he can give. Suffering in this in this passage, where he says it in the Greek, it, it refers to the suffering when um, when people were, were lashed with whips. And one of the one of the things that was very hard for me was it felt like sometimes the enemy would just pummel me with lies, or pummel me with condemnation, or just this sense of like I don't know, just I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, or whatever the lie of the day was for the for the enemy, or some of the lies that were coming up in my heart that I realized that the enemy had planted a long time ago. Um, in my heart, it's like, no, Jesus wants to set us free from that kind of suffering. He can set us free. He set her free. 
He settled anything and we can settle. And we can go in peace as his daughter. Um, excuse me. So this is the, the invitation I believe that Jesus has for each one of us to meet. This is a scripture that Jesus um, reads in another gospel. You'll remember that he, he's in the temple. He hasn't started his public ministry yet. So this would have been before, even though it's a different gospel, this would have taken place before he healed this woman. But it gives, I believe, a complete picture of who he is and what he wants to do. And I believe it gives a complete picture or a, a more complete picture. It's not an exhaustive list of the kind of freedom that he wants to give us and the suffering that some of us face and the ways in which he wants to come in and meet each one of us. This is who Jesus is. Jesus opens up the scroll in 24 and he reads this, this prophet of Isaiah. And he says, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord. And he folds up the book, the scroll, and he sits down and he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your very eyes. He says to these people, I am the Messiah and I have come to do this very thing for you. So tonight, I don't know if you identify with any of these in the list. If you feel poor or brokenhearted or held captive or blind, or if any of your loved ones are poor or brokenhearted or captive or blind or are oppressed, but Jesus says, I come. And he says, I come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, which is a reference to the Hebrew understanding of the year of Jubilee, which is when indentured servants were set free and land was set free and, and debt was um, undone, the sense of just liberty and freedom. Um, and what Jesus is saying in this passage is that I have come to give all of my, to set all of my people free not just in terms of, um, but to set them free from sin and from the effects of sin and from the result of sin. He has come to set us free, whether that suffering takes place in our physical bodies or in our emotions or in our relationships. He has come to set us free if, if we will let him. So I believe that the invitation for us tonight is, is the same invitation that the woman had, that the woman took, the opportunity that the woman took. There were tens, I mean, just, we don't know. There were people touched Jesus that whole entire walk. But only one woman was healed because she believed that he could. And I wonder tonight if any of us are willing to touch Jesus, to reach out and touch him. Um, and it looks different for each one of us. What Jesus has done in my healing is gonna be different from anyone else's. <laughs> How Jesus wants to set me free from suffering is different than anyone else's. And, and sometimes it's the most peculiar thing that Jesus um, doesn't set us free from suffering in the way that we want or in the way that we hope or even in the way that we ask. You'll notice um, at the end of this passage, if you turn over your Bibles, and just in the very next chapter, Jesus' own beloved cousin, John the Baptist, is beheaded. And Jesus allows it. And there is suffering that Jesus allows that I don't understand. But in the middle of it, if we will reach out and, and touch him, and touch the hem of his garment, and if we will know ourselves as his daughter, and him as our father, he can even make the suffering whole and redemptive, and he can redeem it for his eternal purposes, as we hear him say, he can use it for our good and his glory. I want to read a little a story to you, a story of a, of a, she's now in heaven, um, but 
She was a girl when she first heard about Jesus. And her name was Mimosa. And she lived in the country of India. And um, she, her story is told by a woman named Amy Carmichael, who was a missionary in that place. And I want, as, as I read just a little bit of Mimosa's story, I want you to hear the invitation for us tonight, um, which is to, to reach out to Jesus and to come out of, of our hiding and make ourselves present before him. Okay. So Mimosa is, has an older sister named Star, and Star went and left her family to live with Amy and to work in the ministry of, of with Amy, um, just sharing the gospel and really taking care of the needs of especially young people that were that needed some love and attention and care who were trapped in horrible oppression. And so Jesus and Amy would set these children free, and then Amy and Star and the others in her ministry would take care of them. Well, Mimosa and her dad came to visit one day and her dad came with the intention to take Star away from Amy and take her home because the dad was a good Hindu. What was his daughter doing with this Christian missionary? And yet God in his mercy and miraculously would not let Star go. Like the man actually physically was not like he couldn't actually get to Star. And, 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 um, and in the moment, Amy and Star had a moment with Mimosa. And in that moment, it was just a moment. And Amy and Star told Mimosa everything that they could about Jesus and about her father. And um, I'll tell you, in, in Amy's words, um, she, but Mimosa met, she became the daughter of the Most High God with all the, the little bit of knowledge that she knew. And she went home and she was not the same. As a girl, she refused to take the ashes of the Hindu gods on her forehead, and it sent her family crazy. So this is what Amy says. But something must have happened on that afternoon when she heard for the first time about a living, loving God whom we had called Father, who had made everything in the world and the sun and moon and stars. She had understood that he loved her. And a strange thing happened. Though there was no time to tell her much of the Lord Jesus, some sense as of seeing a great love, feeling it indeed as one does feel love without being able to explain it. It had come upon her so that she loved this loving one, knew he loved her. Though of what had been done to reveal that love to man, she knew just nothing. There had been no time to tell her. They didn't have time to tell her the full extent of what Jesus had done for her on the cross. Only she knew somehow that just as the blue air was round about her that afternoon, as she walked back with her father, so that when she looked up, she could see blue beyond blue. So the love of this wonderful God was about her and above her and everywhere was love. What that child had seen, what that child had seen that day was as much as a child could see of the eternal love. She wasn't able to stay with Star and Amy, but she had met the love that um, she had met love and she was never the same. And Amy found herself, um, she went back to see Mimosa when, after Mimosa was older. Mimosa had suffered greatly. She was betrayed by her husband. She was betrayed by her mother. She was betrayed by her in-laws. She um, had dealt with sickness. She had dealt with aging parents and their sicknesses. She had been beaten. Her house had been set on fire for love of Jesus. As she identified with Jesus, she suffered one thing after another, the loss of children. Um, she suffered. And Amy went back and met Mimosa in that same place where God himself had met Mimosa, even though she didn't know his name. The only thing that she knew to do, to do was to call him the same word that she would call her father in addressing him, you, the same word that they used in their language, like you. <laughs> but she gave her life to the one who, um, she, of whom she felt his love. So Amy went back and found that this woman um, in this dank, dark, hot, kind of um, yucky <laughs> living space. She thought, was the story really true? Could anything good have come from this? Could God have really done what Mimosa proclaims he did? And Amy says, 
a new insight like a sudden flash that sometimes lights the evening sky in these tropical lands and shows kingdoms beyond the clouds was granted to me in that moment. I knew not by faith, but as if it were by sight that our Lord Jesus Christ can do anything, keep anyone, shine anywhere, succor in spite of all the forces of the enemy, confront in comfort in any circumstances. Verily, circumstances are nothing to him. He is king of them all. The material is powerless to cramp or to subdue. It is not. The spiritual, Jesus, conquers every time. So I'm, I would like to pray for us. And then we're going to have a chance to listen to a song. Um, and um, you'll have a chance to meet Jesus for yourself. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you come in this most beautiful, peculiar, gentle, kind way tonight to us. You came to this woman and you healed her from her suffering. You have come for me as your daughter and you have healed and you are healing my suffering. And Jesus, tonight, we believe that you want to come that you want to come to each woman on this Bible study call and to each woman, each person that we are carrying in our hearts and that you want to come with yourself, Jesus. And so you come. And Jesus, your part is you are available. And our part is we have to be willing <laughs> to receive your life. We have to be willing to, to reach out our hands as can't touch, actually touch the hem of your garment, but we can touch your heart. So Jesus, tonight, would you just help us to turn our face to you, to reach out our hands with the little strength we have, and to welcome your healing, to welcome your wholeness, to welcome your presence into our hearts and lives as you call us your daughter. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>